Hi, it's Raina G. with the Holistic Health Hotline. Uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things today, but especially the emotions around um, grief and sadness, not only with our fallen angel and our fallen king of pop and our fallen former marine in Hollywood, but also um, in relationship to our grief around things happening in our country and um, in our world, Iran and Iraq and North Korea. Um, uh, our government and uh, so be prepared because this is this is going to be um, kind of probably a long podcast because we have to connect things we have to connect what we're feeling spiritually emotionally mentally um, and then deal with it because otherwise we're going to start losing people and um, the grief will continue and and we don't want that so uh, anyway what a week huh the McMahon uh, former Marine, Johnny Carson's sidekick, for those of you too young to know, Johnny Carson, just like Lucille Ball or anybody else, would not have been who they were without these these people. Um, and you know, you probably knew him more for Publishers Clearinghouse, but the point is, is that this guy came from a background of uh, a father who ran around trying to find ways to make money, you know, carnivals and circuses and bingo and... Um, was kind of on his own and didn't go to college until they, he found out that he could become an aviator if he did go to college and then the Navy re- restricted or relaxed those restrictions and he became an aviator. But the main thing is that he flew um, the Korean War. Now, these things will all connect, you know, eventually here. You know how I am. When I get to the end, you'll see how all the dots connect. But he flew a lot of fighter pilot um, uh missions in the Korean War and then came back and went into broadcasting and eventually um, became Johnny's sidekick. Um, Farrah Fawcett was one of Charlie's angels and uh, we always, some of our friends who are feminists or more than I am even, thought that that was kind of sexist that Charlie would have his angels but but we remember her um, as as one of those women who broke through in television as being capable and um, able to do more than be the wife of the husband who works all the time. So her battle with cancer, um, very touching and uh, uh, and heart-wrenching because she tried so hard to, to beat this. She didn't use alternative medicine, actually, and I, I don't know if that would have helped, but I, of course, have to believe that it would have because radiation and chemotherapy just kills, kills, kills. And and uh, the Western medicine knows that. They know that they, doctors, would tell you that if they had cancer, the last thing they would do is chemotherapy and radiation because they know what it does to the body. So I, I, um, um, I tried to write. I tried to connect um, to help her, but, you know, people in Hollywood just, uh, they don't trust anyone except their friends or their immediate family or whatever, and you can't connect with them because everybody's out to exploit the next person, and so they don't trust some good-hearted little soul like me who might want to help them live. Same thing with Michael Jackson, um, excuse me, Michael J. Fox, when he... uh, started suffering. I, I tried to write to him and say there's other ways to go than brain surgery and, and of course they don't listen. They don't they they have their little groups just like all of you do. Well you might listen to me and your friends don't and um too bad we can't get that word out more. And if we had had gotten the word out more, it's very possible that we would have had a much larger coalition of people pushing the White House not to go into this um national socialized health care headset but but we're there and um and and i don't even know if i'm going to go into all the details of what this is going to do to you but i need to give you a few details if you watched the state-run television abc um uh the other day i guess it was wednesday or thursday i don't even know uh the the whole day affair of pushing this health care plan the interviews weren't too bad. He, they asked a lot of questions, but you notice that all the questions were skirted that <laughs> that needed to be answered, like the details of this program. But when the president made this one statement, it, it um, it's the one I've been saying all along, and and it's the one that is most disconcerting and upsetting. And if it doesn't upset you, go to your mother, father, grandmother, aunt, uh, sister, brother, whatever, 
and, and, and look at them and see if you could do this. And then look in the mirror because you will be 55 and over someday if you live long enough. If you're not, you know, in a revolution or something and killed. But what the president said was, look, this is, this is really a Tom Daschle ideological statement. Tom Daschle was going to be the head of health and human services, but because he didn't pay his taxes like most of those people in, in that the whole area don't he's not but he's still he's lobbying for um, pharmaceutical companies and so what the president said was look it's like this uh, you know under our plan let's say grandma is 85 years old and um, and she breaks her hip well we'd have this 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 group of people this committee does it sound a little bit like communist China this committee who would have to decide if hip replacement was really the best way to go or if she should just take a pain pill. Well, my mother's going to be 85 the end of next month. And uh, she has emphysema, so I'm sure that they would say, um, you know, take a pain pill because it's, you're not worth it. You're, we, we have to ration our health care because we're keeping it cheap. Um, so she wouldn't get a hip replacement. Well, my mother may have emphysema, but, but she's on, um, she takes something called clear lungs, which is a Chinese herbal remedy, but her emphysema has not progressed in, in the last 12 years. Um, she could probably ride bareback still, shoot a 38 if she has to, and believe me, lately she wants to. Um, she gets around, she does everything, she works hard every day. So, but, but, under the new health care plan, if she's 85 and she happens to fall off the ladder as she's putting the new roof on or whatever and breaks her hip, um, they, the government, our government, would determine or would have the right to determine under this plan whether or not she should get her hip replaced or if she should just take a pain pill. You really want this kind of control. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Medicaid and Medicare, the president also said, are working. Well, if they're working, why do we go $800 billion in debt every year with Medicaid and Medicare? If they're working, why do poor people want nationalized health care? Don't they know they already have it with Medicaid? If your, if your income is under a certain level, you qualify for Medicaid. I was on Medicaid once, on purpose. You know, I quit a, a very high-paying job and went from from multiple, multiple dollars and thousands to zero and said, well, I want to see what this is like. And I went there and I sat and I waited and I was um, herded into a hallway with a lot of pulled curtains and um, men and women and uh, uh, told, you know, to disrobe and, and, and do this and that and the other. And, they, and uh, it was horrible. It was worse than when I was in the service, the military service, which is also nationalized health care. If you've heard anything about what's going on with the Veterans Administration and Veterans Health Care, you'll know how bad anything that's run by the government can be. Um, you know, tens of thousands of veterans uh, at the risk of AIDS and HIV uh, because of poor conditions at three VA centers. Tens of thousands of veterans given hepatitis because of poor conditions at VA centers. Tens of thousands of veterans given the wrong protocol for um, cancer because doctors didn't know how to do it. And, and uh, the rundown conditions at many of these places, um, they, they kind of fudged it and admitted it. Okay? If you don't think this is going to happen under a government-run program, then keep dreaming. Because anything run by the government, the post office, which loses money every year and has to raise taxes, which is your, your postage stamp, that's your taxes. Now, that's not a lot yet. Um, but also, your mail gets lost. Half of it doesn't get where it's supposed to get to. It doesn't come on time. Um, I was supposed to uh, redo my... I had to um, renew my tags for my car, and I did it way ahead of time and through the mail. And uh, they were supposed to send the tags in at the end of May or whenever it was, or the middle of May because my tag expired the end of May. And I got the envelope um, about 10 days ago. It had gone somewhere else, but nobody put anything on the envelope. It just got delivered 10 days ago. So I had to actually go down and tell tell the DMV that I my mail was either lost, stolen, or whatever, and I had to... Put in the information so that anyone who might have stolen that tag would be arrested, and I had to get a new one. And I had to go through all of that because the United States Postal Service 
somehow mishandled the, the uh, mail and it went someplace else. Um, Amtrak. Now, I used to ride the trains all the time from Buffalo to New York and back and other places. I, I've ridden the train across country. There's only three routes you can take, even though we had this infrastructure like crazy where we could take trains everywhere. There's only three routes you can really take across country, you know, northern, middle, and southern. Um, the, the, the beginning three days of that trip was the most horrible trip I ever took in my life. One little um, view car where the triple pane windows are all filthy, so you really can't view much. Um, uh, just horrible conditions within the train itself, and if you, if you get up real quick so that you can get the, the, the eight seats, you know, there's eight seats in the view car and then two benches, um, you want to get those seats because otherwise you got to sit in your other seat in the train all day, and, and or it's just not something that we would probably want. Now, when they used to have competition between different railroad companies, of course, you had all kinds of um, routes and lines that you could take, and, and uh, you didn't have to just rely on Amtrak, but Amtrak is the American railroad company. It's Amtrak. We're going to have Amcar, so get used to that, too. Anyway, um, it's, been, it's been a week of feeling sad that things are happening that that no matter what we say and what we do we we don't seem to have any control over now a lot of people are mourning um nada in iran uh and and should because she was gunned down by a sniper and died in front of everyone start mourning some more because as of today the supreme leader over in iran wants many of the protesters to be executed as um you know to set an example and because he believes he, they deserve it, okay? Uh, wow. And so we're, we're probably not going to hear about a lot of those executions, but the Iranian people will know. And the Iranian people were shouting for democracy. All their signs were in English. And we were supposed to be paying attention to that. Not that we were supposed to send planes or, or troops or anything like that, but strong statements. One of our leaders in office right now kept saying, words do matter. Don't tell me words don't matter. And... Um, and I apparently didn't realize that maybe his words could be a little stronger and in more support of what these people were trying to do. And and that's actually what we should have done, many of us, after the last election. We should have gone to the streets. But, but we don't have the courage that people in other countries who know what oppression feels like, um, that aren't being duped from the back door, they know it up front, they have the courage to go to the streets and do what they need to do. Something that we we will probably have to relearn um, because it's just it's just not happening. Uh, Michael Jackson, that was um, a shocker yesterday, and a lot of people don't like him because he's a pedophile. Well, he was never proven to be a pedophile, and this was this is what I'd like you to consider with him, because we all have our inner children, our inner child. Um, Michael, you know, started this whole journey when he was five years old now when I was five years old I, I had enough time dealing with a uh, hard enough time dealing with kindergarten and social relationships in kindergarten and finding my way home when we moved and things like that this kid was on stage and being quite grown up which means he kind of had to block out his little inner child that was being um, abused and beaten by his father and then and grow up real quick at the age of five six and seven and begin a career that lasted 40 years. Now, sometime in the when he was 25 to 32, which is a real big passage in our lives, it's a time when we determine who we are, who we're going to live with, who we love, who our friends are. He was still lost in that inner child stuff. So he loved he loved kids. He wanted kids. He wanted to be a kid. That was the main thing. He still wanted to be a kid. He lost that somewhere, and he wanted it back. Um, I'm not condoning his weirdness or any of the things that he that he did that seemed just outlandish and bizarre. But God gave him a gift, and um, and he let that gift become visible early in this kid's life, in this guy's life, and it affected people all over the world. He touched millions, um, made a lot of money, and blew it. He's, 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 he died in uh, terrible debt. That's why he was going to do these, these last um, 50 concerts. And he knew they were, they were his last. His very last appearance, actually, in a, a public setting, he said, this is the final curtain call. So, so we, we often um, predict our deaths without realizing it, and he did. But he didn't get to, to go on the stage and do the curtain call. Um, 
But they were sold out, like within 20 minutes, all the tickets for 50 concerts in London were sold out because his music touches people. Now, a lot of people just see the, the, the hard rock kind of stuff, the pop stuff, where he dances a lot, and, and, and it's, you know, it's different than a lot of people's music. But remember all the other songs, like You Are Not Alone and um, I'll Be There. You know, songs like that, that that in my life, as I was in the Marines, I was 18, 19, 17, 20 years old, those were songs that we listened to because we were going through things in our country that, that said, you know, to each of us, don't feel like you're the only one that's feeling all of this stuff and, and, and this anger or this upsetness or this loneliness or grief from Vietnam or whatever. Don't feel alone. And, and then I'll be there. It's like, you know, almost saying... I'm not saying he was saying this, but when we hear those songs, when we hear things like I'll Be There, those of us who believe in God, not necessarily Jesus Christ or Christians, but at least God, often will say to ourselves, at least God's there. That's, that's what I have, is God. I don't have any friends, I don't have any family left, or I don't have, you know, my friends are dying, or whatever's going on, but, but you always have God. And so that gift that God gave to Michael Michael gave back in many many of his songs and a lot of his music when he would talk about change and the man in the mirror and and you have to look at the man in the mirror and know that you need to change who you are um, and that don't be afraid because I'll be there for you and you're not alone in anything that you're doing on this earth there's always somebody with you I don't know really where his religious um, values what his religious values were and I, and I don't care that's between him and God um, but his music touched people in, in many, many ways, and you watched him change with it. So it was quite a shock. Um, a lot of people in mourning, like they were for Elvis. Elvis changed things too. But I, but I do believe this one is going to be even more intense because it's such a tragic story. Um, so many things happened with this guy, and, and um, uh, from the Pepsi commercial where his face was burned and started that whole journey down, down Doctor's Pass. And... Um, uh, and the thing with the kids and the marriage to Elvis Presley's daughter and all those kinds of things that went on with this with this kid who at the age of 50 if you saw him on his last um, with his last statement you'd swear he was 20 <laughs> because he's just a kid and and, and he, what he said to the to the crowd that gathered for this announcement about this concert tour was I love you I totally love you from the bottom of my heart I mean it and this is it. This is the final curtain call. And that's that was his. Those were his real last words to the world. Um, and I believe it. I believe that this guy loved his music. He loved to perform, and and he will be missed greatly. And it's it's causing a lot of sadness and a lot of grief because you know what? Americans are losing a lot, and they don't realize it. They're losing things every day because they're so busy trying to work, trying to survive. Um, pretending they're in denial they're pretending everything is just the way it always was and behind their backs things are happening like crazy um, and if you're not paying attention to all the different newscasts like ABC, NBC, CBS and cable and radio and newspapers and you know op-ed pieces if you're not paying attention to all those you have lost sight of everything that's being done so quickly behind your back okay um, the cap and trade, the big energy bill vote is today. That do you even know what it is? Many of you don't. We're trying to cap um, carbon carbon gases, so that means stop the coal industry and move into green jobs. And the president says, make no mistake about it, this is a jobs bill. Well, it's a jobs bill for illegal immigrants. Um, and and here we are suffering in our country from very high unemployment. So why don't we give the jobs those green jobs that aren't going to last forever? Because they're temporary. Once you once you build all the windmills and you make all the uh, the solar panels that people can't afford to put on their houses, because um, I I looked into it, it would cost us thousands just to put ten panels on our roof and solarize most of this house. Um, once you do all that, then then the job you know is gone. So it's not a forever thing because nobody's going to build a bunch of more houses under our present economy and, and have the money to put solar panels on their homes. So I, I don't understand where it's a jobs bill, but if you believe it, fine, if, if that's what you believe in. Now, environmentalists will say, well, I believe in solar energy. So do I. But I don't believe in solar energy versus electricity <laughs> and water 
and gas. I mean, I come from uh, really the Northeast, Western New York, and and uh, national fuel gas. You know, we could heat and cool a home for hardly anything. And and only when greed stepped in did that start to go away. And electricity, I mean, Thomas Edison harnessed that so many years ago because it actually can come from God. It comes, I mean, electricity goes through our air all the time with with lightning striking the earth over a million times a day somewhere. And, uh, and water, energy, can create electricity, and we're 80% water on this planet. So why, tell me, are we doing a bill, a law, to cap and trade for tax money, carbon emissions, um, when we have all these natural resources around us? Now, is that because environmentalists think we shouldn't use the water on Earth? It might affect a fish. Or that we shouldn't, you know, harness the energy of electricity um, as we have for, you know, hundreds of years already, um, or in a hundred years at least. Uh, I'm not sure where the environmentalists are coming from, but I know that people get these things stuck in their heads. Like, Michael Jackson is a pedophile, so I don't want to hear anything about him. You don't know that. You've judged that, and you've got it in your head. So don't listen to him, and don't talk about him, and don't mourn about him, and don't listen to your friends who are crying about him, because you know it. You've decided. You're God. You chose. You, you've judged. So environmentalists, it's like, um, I have a friend who I, who I have trouble being a friend with, because she is so pro-animal, and so am I. But she's so pro-animal that she'll go against anybody that does anything that looks like to her is not what they should be doing to animals. So if Sarah Palin, for instance, goes out and kills a moose, which is what they do in Alaska, just like our people down here go and kill deer and pigeons and all kinds of things, and we kill fish all over the place, you know, we fish, we fish and we kill them. Um, but she shouldn't go kill a deer. I mean, a, a, a moose, which is which run rampant <laughs> up in Alaska. So we go straight to judgment and say, okay, we're not going to vote for Palin because she kills moose. Well, or, you know, that's that tunnel vision kind of thinking that is getting us in big trouble right now. That tunnel vision, rather than looking at the big picture. And being a holistic health person, I look at the big picture. Same way I would look at your body if you were sick. Not just, um, you have a sore on your lip, so let's treat that. How about if that sore on your lip is coming from cancer in your colon? Hmm. Maybe it would be better to look a little deeper and look a little wider and include everything in that picture so that we can go after the cancer in the colon when you're 30 instead of when you're 40. Uh, when it's already progressed to the liver and everything else, okay? That's the the example. You know, it's like gay rights. Okay, let's all let's all go march for 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 gay marriage. Well, <laughs> how many hundreds of people I know who are gay? I'm on their side, but I'm not on their side to turn this into the issue in this country. It is not the issue. You can go live together. You can be united. You don't have to have benefits from the government shared. And you don't need, if you truly are are a, a person of spirit, what do you need 10,000 other people to know about your business for anyway? I, I never really understood huge weddings. It's like to prove to who. And those people always end up getting divorced because they're trying to announce to the world that they're going to be married forever and then... They announced it to, you know, 500 people who came to the reception and a 1,000 people came over here and they've got problems up the kazoo. The ones who very quietly loved each other and went and got married quietly in a chapel or whatever, not in Vegas, but a chapel or a, a church, and had a few witnesses, their, you know, closest friends or family or whatever, um, they're together for 50, 60, 70 years. So I don't believe in those kinds of issues being the agenda for our country. Um, yes, I believe in, in gay rights. Yes, I believe that they should not be oppressed. I believe that everyone on this earth is a is a creation of God. But um, but I don't believe in, in making everything a political agenda. I, I just don't. Um, cap and trade is because uh, with the oil industry making so many millions and millions and billions of dollars, people are angry at it. So we want to go somewhere else. And people are angry at coal being dirty and, and causing our air to be dirty. That's not what does it. But but you've been told that. So if you believe it and you haven't done the research, fine. Go on that premise. Um, what it's going to do to your electric bill is something else. 
Okay, if you presently pay, let's say we're in the middle of summer almost, and uh, um, it's been awfully hot down here, so we use our air conditioning quite a lot. So let's our our electric bill with added stuff, like, well, let's say about $150 a month. Um, once they pass this bill and start their stuff, it'll be $300 a month. So it, it should go up almost double. So you look at your present electric bill and then your gas bill. Because don't forget, if you're on electric and gas, you have to you have to up both of them by this percentage. Um, and figure out how, with the added taxation and inflation, you're going to pay for these things. Now, I know if you can't pay for your utilities... The, the government now controls them, but if you can't pay for those because you're trying to save your house, eventually you probably lose your house. So you won't have to worry about the utilities anymore. Um, but they will also now have their national electric grid, and uh, you'll have the money from your taxes going to this cap-and-trade thing to do it so that they can tie into everything that you're doing when you open your door, when you close your door, when you turn on your lights, when you... When you, you know, turn off your lights, when you use your computer, when you're not using, they already know everything you're doing on the computer. So this is just going to continue and get deeper and deeper. You think Big Brother was bad in the 1984 Orwell novel. You ain't seen nothing yet. Not a thing. You think all these satellites that are going up into the, the, um, into space and the fact that we're now going to the moon aren't there so that other things can happen? Keep doing your homework keep believing what you're believing but know that you could be very much in denial and very sad very soon um, the immigration bill is now being pushed even though we're not even done with health care it's you know let's push the uh, the cap-and-trade energy bill today is the vote I hope you called and said no if you didn't um, you know I have figured out how to do solar energy when the electricity is too high so I hope you have too it might be too late once the bill is passed but you know, they will get into water also. So even though you have clean, safe water, it might not be pumped be being pumped from your um, from any place. And if you have well water, of course, that's already contaminated. So um, you might want to look into some kind of solar generator so that you can pump water from someplace if you if you know how to do that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, and then okay, so then we're going to start pushing the immigration bill also. And even, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat and you're in Congress or the Senate, they're all saying, you know, wait, slow down. Enough is enough. We can't read anything. The the energy bill is uh, 1,800 pages long and nobody can read it. So they're going to vote on it anyway because that's what they do. Uh, okay. Um, the immigration bill, that's, you know, we have half, let me see, 15 million people in this country don't have health insurance or 35 million, whatever it is. 10 to 12 million of those are illegal aliens who use the Medicaid system. Okay, that's working, according to the president. What we'd like to do now is tax all of us to pay for those people to get national health care. Does any of this sound a little weird to you? It's a little weird to me. I'm already paying taxes so that people on Medicaid and Medicare will be taken care of. Um, let's also, at the same time, let's tax Social Security, move it up from 50% to 85% of your Social Security being taxed. Now, how much sense does that make? You know, you were taxed on the income that you have in Social Security. Now, you youngsters don't understand Social Security, but all of us were forced and have always been, since I was 16 years old, forced to put in a percentage of my income into Social Security. The government has borrowed $2,385 trillion trillion dollars from Social Security and they're worried that there won't be any. Well, yeah. They borrowed it for their trust funds. They they get their health care taken care of forever and their retirement, their pensions taken care of forever and I'm sure that it's off our Social Security. Um, so that when I turn, you know, 62, 65, 72, whatever, I won't have any money in there because they stole it already. So what does that mean? Well, we didn't start doing IRAs when I was 16 or 21. There wasn't any such a thing. And we didn't do 401ks with matching funds until the 80s. Um, so if you're, a, you know, 55 years old, then you go back to Tom Daschle. Well, you're not, you're over 55. So we have to ration your health care. And if you are sick or you have some kind of disease or pain, you should live with it. That's what Tom Daschle says. So we're getting rid of our elders. This is so much against what our country is and what my Native American background is. Um, the lack of respect 
for those who have built this country and made this country what it is or what it was, um, you know, brought their children up and 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 came here with um, innovations and dreams and all kinds of ideas that made this the greatest country in the world. Everybody wants to come to, so hate it all you want. But how come everybody wants to come here? Because there's freedom here. And those freedoms are being taken away. So they won't want to come here anymore. We won't have to worry about it. Okay? Um, but the health care reform that's going on is going to certainly reform our nation. We'll get rid of all the people over 55, uh, one way or another. It's totally ageist, totally. Um, Social Security will run out so they won't have any money. So they'll lose their houses. And they'll either go back to the government or we'll plow them down, which they're doing in many cities now. They have to shrink the cities because there's nobody living there to take care of anything. So let's knock the houses down and, and turn it into Green Valley channels of, of um, whatever they're going to do with it. Oh, my God. You know, there's a friend of mine sent me a cartoon from 1934 um, during the Depression. Uh, and this is what we're following, by the way. It's a cartoon where it shows, you know, money being spent, 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 and Lenin standing on the side, and, and, and how red the rivers were turning from blood, sweat, and tears. And um, the way to crash a, a, a society and turn it into a different one is to collapse its economic system. So we're seeing that going on now and not doing anything. Now, a lot of people had tea parties all set up that, that are some of the permits for these tea parties are being pulled by uh, Obama supporters so that you can't have your tea parties on July 4th. We tried to get a huge march into Washington, but people got lazy again. They said, no, I, I'm going to do a tea party in my hometown with 300 people are coming. Who the hell cares about 300 people going to a tea party and 500 over there and 10,000 over there? If you don't have the masses like Iran had the last 12 days, the masses of people in the streets, you won't get any kind of attention. Or you'll be laughed at, like Obama did last time. All these little people with their little tea bags. He made fun of y'all. Instead, what should have happened, and what should be happening right now, with all of these bills being pushed through Congress that you will never be able to change, is a massive, massive push on Washington. But we're missing some guts. And people just, they, they don't think it affects them. They're still in the me generation. They haven't seen... Uh, high taxation, they are seeing unemployment, they think that's going to go away um, they haven't seen the same kind of oppression that other countries know, so they're not taking the action that they need to take and uh, I can only do what I can do you know, I'm not going to march on Washington by myself I'll get shot, although I probably will be in jail once uh, they come out with the census next year, because if you've seen the census, that ACORN um, which, you know, we all know about ACORN by now, is going to basically be in charge of with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. It's 28 pages long. How much does the government have to know about you? 28 pages. Not just how many people are in your household and maybe their ages. I don't know. But, um, but they want to know um, if you have uh, a toilet, a running toilet in the house, uh, what time you go to work and how long it takes you to get there. You're going to tell a total stranger what time you leave your house and how long it takes you to get to work? Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to ask those questions. And I know there's a whole bunch more. I don't have it. I don't have the, the copy in front of me, but just ridiculous questions about, you know, your whole lifestyle, how your life and your family is. But they don't ask you if you're a citizen of the United States. That's an interesting question to leave out, isn't it? This would have been the perfect time to know who the citizens of the United States are and who aren't. Although I don't think anybody would tell the truth anyway because we don't understand truth in this country anymore. Now, here's the rub. You can say, well, I'll just tell them how many people are in the house and I'm not going to answer all these questions. Well, if you read the fine print on this 28-page census document, it will tell you that they will try five times, five different contacts, to make you answer the questions on this 28-page survey. If you don't, after the five times, they will go to your neighbor on the left and your neighbor on the right and get as much information from them as they can. Okay? If that doesn't work, you are subject, well, even if that does work, you are subject to a fine of up to $5,000 and imprisonment because you didn't answer the questions. Well, I'm going to jail because I'm not going to give them that information to use in whatever way they're planning on use. Bad enough that national health care is going to put all of our information up on computers, but now they want to know when you leave the house, how long you sleep, 
how long it takes you to drive to work and drive home, what time you get home from work on the average basis, and all the people in your household, um, what kind of work you do, how much you're paid. I mean, every bit of information that they can encode into a computer and a microchip is on the, the new census forms that ACORN is going to take care of. If that doesn't scare you, if that doesn't make you crazy, let's move to swine flu, HN, uh, uh, H1N1. You're not allowed to call it swine flu anymore, so you have to call it H1N1, and actually people can be fined for saying swine flu. Why, I don't know. But if you look at the World Health Organization, which is WHO, they are totally connected to the left. They now say that there's a pandemic. Over a million people in the U.S. have swine flu. Well, I've seen people around here that have coughs and have had the, what they call the crud, which they get every summer from allergies and um, molds and all that kind of stuff. If that's the swine flu, okay, I'm sure it's being called that, then, then maybe there is a pandemic. But what they've been doing is building up the, the vaccination arsenal so that they can vaccinate people for swine flu. Well, here's the rub. If you read the bill that came out three days ago, maybe, it says swine flu or H1N1 vaccinations will be mandatory. Mandatory for every man, woman, and child in this country over my dead body. Okay? Um, so I'm either going to jail or they're going to have to shoot me because I'm not going to take their dictatorial fascist orders and have me, my kids, my mother, everybody else vaccinated with something that's in this vaccine, who knows what, um, because they tell me I'm going to go to jail or be shot if I don't. So shoot me. I'm going to put new signs on my lawn say shoot me or take me to jail because I, I, I just refuse to comply. Does that make me a radical dissident? <laughs> I guess according to Homeland Security, I have become a terrorist. Okay, because I don't just give in to all these things that these people tell us we're supposed to do. And that makes me sad. That makes me be grievous for my country. It also turns me back to God. Because it's obvious that we can't um, make this leftist agenda go away that easily. We could if we impeached Pelosi and Frank and Dodd and Reed and then went after the executive branch. But people don't have the guts. They don't have the know-how. They don't have the time, they think. Um, the time will come when you, when you have time for nothing else. But um, I guess we're not going to do that. So the only true recourse we have is is to go back to not feeling alone number one um, knowing that there are other people who are who are feeling uh, as frustrated and angry as I am and full of grief over the loss of my country um, but but also know that, that God knows what's going on because we have this transformation happening that has been prophesied to happen so of course evil is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger as the time of divinity gets closer and closer and closer. In other words, not necessarily. For Christians, um, they believe Christ is coming back and there'll be the great ascension and, you know, uh, life won't be the way we remember it, but it'll be wonderful. And those who believe in, in God who aren't Christians, but, <clears throat> but true God believers, know that there is some kind of end of times coming. They're not sure what it means. Um, there's a lot to put into all of this, but the main thing that, that's happening is that, yes, we're in transformation. And during this transformation, we will be tested beyond belief. Um, we already were last November, and, and we failed. Okay, but we did exactly, we failed, but we did exactly what was prophesied we would do. We followed the wrong person. Um... Anyway, uh, <laughs> that test is going to move us um, sorry, we got all kinds of things happening with the computer at once, but anyway, that test is going to move us to a, a, a full-fledged uh, battle, I guess you have to say, between good and evil. And that's why we have fallen angels and fallen kings 
and um, and fall of Marines, <laughs> all happening at once. It's it's a little you know nudge, a little reminder, a little poke, uh, poke from Facebook or whatever that says, um, pay attention, pay attention. North Korea wants to obliterate us. Will they? I don't know. They may try. Remember the Korean War that my father was in, and Ed McMahon flew in. Um, there was never a treaty, just a truce. So they've actually been in war for 40 years uh, with everybody, with South Korea and us. The confusion in, in Iran, uh, they want to execute everybody who demonstrated, and we're saying nothing. Okay, if we demonstrate, does that then translate to our brains that don't do anything because you could be executed too? Hmm. Iraq, we're pulling out of Iraq in a couple of days and the violence has increased more than tenfold since we're pulling out. That is our signal that um, it's going to go right back to the way Vietnam was when we left Vietnam too soon and people will be killed. We're going to see a lot of killing and a lot of death. Um, meanwhile, our country that we believed in and has been a beacon for everyone around the world as a place of freedom, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, a God loving country, um, a nation not of Muslims, but a melting pot of cultures and, and countries that knew they were coming to a God loving nation, um, basically a Christian nation, but mostly God loving nation, uh, who now find that, that the only thing we can turn to because the government has turned the way it has is God. So we can pray and we can ask God to help us, but mostly feel that no matter what happens, God knows it was going to happen. God knows that it is happening. God's doing what he can to help you understand the human condition on earth, that you chose to be here, that you chose to either be the warrior or the sheep, that you chose to, to either support the um, chosen status of the United States of America, or you chose to destroy it. And uh, remember, we were chosen. We were a chosen place. We were a center. And I don't care what your feelings on capitalism are and all that stuff. That's not the point. It's a free enterprise system based on God. God is on every building everywhere. And it will be removed. The ACLU has a strong movement out now to remove anything on any building, anywhere, that relates to God. Doesn't that tell you something? <laughs> Why would any movement, political or otherwise, business or otherwise, religious or otherwise, um, you know, philosophical, I mean, any movement, I don't care what movement, it, racial, doesn't matter. Why would anybody want to remove God from a building or a, a chamber or a dollar bill or anything else um, to prove that that this is not a God-fearing nation because they're making it not a God-fearing nation. We've moved away from God and we've moved towards the Messiah. And, uh, and, and for those of you who are still defending all of this, I wish you would get a handle on the whole picture. The government is now in charge of the banks, the financial institutions, the salaries of the people who work there, the bonuses of the people who work there, the transportation system of the United States, the postal system or communication system of the United States. They can shut down your computer or any of your communication networks at any time. They're in charge of your media, ABC News, NBC, MSNBC, state-run media. That's why you only hear what they want you to hear. And those of you who don't have cable, that's all you can hear, so talk to friends find out the truth. Um, they're in charge of your retirement, your Social Security, your 401k plans, your pension plans that they have destroyed like they did with the automobile industry. They're in charge of the infrastructure of the United States um, so that we'll have little cars that can be turned off at any point. They will be in charge of your utilities, your electricity, your gas, and your water. Um, they will have total control of your health so that you either are deemed um, able or or should whatever the right word is able to live and live without pain or you're a certain age or color or 
persuasion or religion um, that they don't like, so you should die, whether you have health insurance or not. Because you will have government-run health insurance. All the insurance companies are telling you the truth. I'm not agreeing with the insurance companies. I've sold health insurance. I've sold life insurance. I think the premiums that go to insurance salesmen have always been outrageous. That's why I quit that whole business a long time ago. Um, it's just not ethical. But, but what they're saying is, is that the health care reform plan of a government-run option won't affect the insurance companies. What the insurance companies do is give you the same kind of options. Well, they can't because they have to pay people, they got to pay expenses, and they, they will be taxed because it's going to be higher taxes and all that stuff. And, and employers will look at the plan they have now with ABC Company that costs them $400 a month and the government-run plan that says it won't cost them anything because people can sign up for it and pay for it themselves. Which one do you think they're going for? You know, I'm a small business person. I can tell you that if I wasn't ethical, I know which one most people are going to go for. So it will knock the other insurance companies out, and you will be forced. And what they say is if you don't have health insurance, it's mandatory that you do. Now, for those people who are into alternative health, um, I think somebody wants to be entrepreneurial, start an alternative health insurance company. This says whatever. But that's not going to work under the present circumstances, and you won't have time. You don't have money to do it anyway. So start working on your states to disincorporate from the federal government so that you're protected and you can have your own insurance without the federal government. That's going to be fought in Supreme Court. Guarantee you. Mark my words. It's coming. Um, but don't be confused. Don't be confused about all of this stuff, and don't be overwhelmed with it. Go to God and ask. God will tell you exactly what's going on and why. And that you are being, instead of lifting the veil to see the coming 1,000 years of, of uh, peace and happiness, instead of lifting the veil, there are entities around us who are putting the veil over our heads and total control on our body, mind, and spirit. Um, destroying our old, reinstituting education for our young via the AmeriCorps Youth Corps, Okay, which means anyone under the age of 25 will have to serve um, going to boot camp for indoctrination first and then serving your country in whatever way. I can't, I hope this gets slowed down so my daughter doesn't have to do this. If she wants to join the military, that's one thing. She's not going to go to this thing. Um, anyway, there's all this going on and it makes you sad. And so when we lose, you know, angels who struggle with cancer and, um, spokesmen or sidekicks, buddies from the Johnny Carson show who were once Marines, had good values but, but also got lost in the fray, and little boys who called themselves kings we wonder if it's too soon if we've been listening at all and if there's any way to stop the chaos what I'm going to do is um, let you hear a a song that you probably haven't heard or don't remember. It was a song that Michael Jackson did it um, for Ryan White, who died of AIDS. Uh, he befriended, Michael Jackson befriended Ryan White. He was a young kid who had AIDS, and the story was out there quite a while ago. Um, and Michael Jackson sang this song at President Clinton's inauguration. So it's not a uh, Republican song. It's not a Democrat song. It's just an inaugural song. But it was really done with such passion. Um... Not because of a pedophile, but because this was a boy who who died from a disease he shouldn't have had. Um, and Michael did a lot for kids who had disabilities or uh, were dying of cancer. They got to ride elephants and, and merry-go-rounds. And, um, and, of course, he became the prime target then because he had money and, and uh, Neverland. Uh, Neverland. Never wanted to grow up, right? Is Peter Pan. Um, rest in peace, Michael. But the end of this is the song, uh, Gone Too Soon. I don't like to be, you know, pitied, but I figure, you know, since this is the way the hand was dealt, I gotta live with it this way, and I'm gonna try to help anybody I can.
blazing across the evening sky. Gone too soon. Like a rainbow fading in the twinkling of an eye. Gone too soon, shining, sparkling, and splendidly bright. Here one day, gone one night, like the loss of sunlight. Michael, um, this is Raina G with the Holistic Health Hotline. Please go to earthwalk-usa.com and spread the word. Uh, Michael, rest in peace. Thanks for listening.